listening to the Central Station Podcast, where we bring you true stories of what life in the outback is really like and why many wouldn't live anywhere else. So pull up a stump, pop the billy on or crack a cold one as we talk to the men and women who call some of the most remote parts of Australia home. Hi, my name's Sophie and this is my story, Lessons Learned in the Kimberley. So, you're probably expecting to hear another romanticised story about a young girl's adventure up north. And in some ways, you're probably right. But please, just hear me out. The lessons and values I acquired living in the Kimberley, working on a remote cattle station, accompanied me through one of the most challenging and toughest experiences of my life to date. Rewind to March 2017. 18-year-old Soph, fresh out of school, makes the almost 6,000-kilometre drive from the small south coast town of Candelo, New South Wales, to work in the stock camp at a station in the Kimberley region of WA. My dad made the trek with me, seeing sights of central Queensland and the Northern Territory along the way, before flying home. Due to the immense wet season, we had to take a back way into the station. The 150 kilometres of thick sand and washouts, oh, and being towed up a four-metre sandbank, made me become exceedingly aware of the reality that I was stuck here. Well, at least until the river dropped and we could get across it to get out. After a couple of days, Dad flew out on the mail plane to head home. It wasn't until then that it occurred to me how far away from home I really was. A few more days went by. I was physically sick from the heat, homesick, and if I'm being honest, pretty bloody terrified. The same old story. I stuck it out and after about three weeks, I fell in love with the place, the people, and of course, the Kimberley Sunsets. Probably around the time of completing our first round of mustering, I decided that I'd come back the following year. After finishing school and being extremely lost, I'd finally found something I could see a future in doing. There were endless opportunities for anyone who was willing to have a crack. Come the end of November, I decided that I would fly home and surprise my parents for Christmas. I was leaving my ute at the station and due to return around February. It seemed like a pretty foolproof idea, right? After being home for a few weeks, catching up with family and friends and telling them about my adventures and plans for the following year, my life was turned upside down. On the 18th of December 2017, I drove home after being in town. The last thing I remember about this day was not feeling 100%. And as I was on holidays, I decided to have an afternoon nap on the couch. I woke up almost a week later, only to find out I had been in a coma due to a viral infection known as encephalitis. I was found by my parents, fitting on the couch, completely blank. I couldn't communicate with them, nor did I register who they were. I was ambulanced to Bega District Hospital, about half an hour from home. From there, I was placed in a coma and airlifted to Canberra in a stable condition. That's the word they used. Stable. Isn't that crazy? I'd always heard about people becoming sick and of terrible accidents happening, but you never really expect something like that to happen to you. I was in the intensive care ward for the majority of my stay in Canberra, tubes and needles going everywhere. I was like a human pincushion. In hindsight, it was probably a more traumatic experience for my parents. The doctors couldn't guarantee when, how, or even if I'd wake up. There was a very high chance that I would have permanent severe brain damage or acquire a permanent disability. On their third try of waking me up, they finally succeeded. 
To my parents' relief, I knew who they were and who I was. I vaguely remember my last few days in hospital. Each day, the neurosurgeon would take me for a walk around the ward. The first few days were in a wheelchair as it took me an extremely long time to regain my balance just to stand up without being nauseous or toppling over. Determined to get out of hospital, I would try and run around the ward before being sick or toppling over. Let's just say my determination was a blessing and a curse. My parents filled my room with photos of myself, family and friends. Many photos were of my adventures at the station, which I took great excitement in telling my doctors and nurses about. I was discharged on Boxing Day and spent about six weeks bedbound. My short-term memory and concentration was terrible. I had to learn how to write and type again. Due to the fact that I'd had a seizure, my driver's license was suspended for six months and after many specialist appointments, I was told that it would be two to four years before I'd be able to be fully recovered. I had gone from being so physically strong and very independent to being completely dependent on my parents. I felt pretty damn hopeless. Even when I was still in hospital, all I wanted to do was to be able to ride my horses. It took about two weeks before I could walk outside to even give them a pat. Slowly but surely, I got there. It took a few months before I was back in the saddle. Spent the majority of 2018 regaining my strength and health and recently got a job at my old school, working as a food tech assistant and occasionally in the front office. It sounds crazy for a girl who was setting, set on working on cattle stations. I know. The fact that I'm not physically fit to deal with the long days and heat took me a long time to accept. Occasionally, kids at work ask me questions about how living on a remote cattle station was and some of the things I learned. They expect to hear things like welding, shoeing, fixing flat tyres, mustering and driving machinery, all of which I did learn. However, I genuinely believe that the lessons that I'm about to share with you helped me immensely through some of my most challenging times when knowing how to shoe a horse or drive a tractor wasn't really much use to me. Without any more rambling, I'd like to share with you what these are. Don't be a hero. My boss would often say to us, mostly when we were showing off, maybe trying to jump in front of a cranky cow, galloping after a Mickey to get it back in the mob, or busting our asses to brand a ridiculous amount of wieners to head to a rodeo early. Don't be a hero. He'd say things like, there's only one of you, or you're no good to me dead. I think people often take their health for granted. I know I did. Even after being sick, I would try and push myself to do things that I really couldn't. Being self-motivated and determined is important but don't compromise your health for trivial things. It's not all beer and Skittles. I heard this saying so much last year. People from all works of life come and try their hand at a year on a cattle station. Some might love it, others quit. Some even leave in the middle of the night without notice. It's people's livelihood, their life. Although fixing a fence not properly or losing 50 head of cattle in a muster might seem insignificant to some, the managers and owners have to deal with this consequence. It's also important to remember that life doesn't always go your way, and that's okay. Accept it and move on. Try complaining less. Working at a high school, as you could imagine, I hear my fair share of complaining, generally about trivial nonsense. I wish I could say it was just from the students. If I learnt one thing last year, it's that if people spent the time they do complaining, doing something productive, they'd get a hell of a lot done. Don't get me wrong, I'm guilty of it. But now I'm trying to check myself every time I get annoyed or start complaining about something superficial. It reminds me that there are so many bigger issues in the world. 
Stop comparing yourself to others. There's nothing good to come from comparing yourself to others. When you find a situation where you come out on top, you'll inevitably find another where you come in second best. Be authentic and trust your gut. Bring other people up with you. Not everything needs to be a competition.